Listen up, maggots. We got targets inbound. So lock and load your senses and stand by for imminent contact. If you love beer, you're in the beer army. So grab a frosty brew and get ready. It's time to liberate your senses. It's Beer Army Engaged on Beer Army Radio. Well, welcome to the program. It's Mick Dagger here. And the General. What's up, amigo? Not much. Just uh, trying to keep up with life and the weather and everything else. Uh, but I keep checking to see when Peyton Manning's going to announce his retirement, but it seems <laughs> like he hasn't, And uh, which is interesting because somebody did in the NFL announce the retirement, and we're going to hit that up in Yuck and Basu, so a little I, teaser. I think, I think I know who you're talking yeah, about. Yeah, a little teaser. I thought it was really a class act, uh, how, how he decided to do yeah. his retirement. So um, we got a little <laughs> video for that. I think people need to watch because it's pretty funny. And again, I uh, well, I don't want to give any more up. Because gotcha. I accidentally say his name, but so you have to stu- you have to tune in and stick around until uh, we get to that to the third segment. But uh, hockey. Uh, so since uh, let's see, the last three games, Hurricanes dropped one. They took two, and yeah. So remember, I was telling you that the um, the Tampa Bay Lightning, are, but they're not like they reorganize it. So I've been out of touch with hockey, I guess, for a couple of years because they've reorganized everything <laughs> and uh, and how they do and how they do the playoffs and everything. But the 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 big takeaway is that the Hurricanes are right on the bubble to making a wild card spot. So um, I've been watching a lot more hockey, and of course Daytona uh, this past weekend. It was great to see them. Uh, it was weird to see or hear Jeff Gordon uh, do commentary. Uh, I thought he provided some insightful commentary, uh, especially towards at the end where Hamlin just just side draft off and just nipped and tucked right at the end. And, What's uh, crazy is it's being called one of the greatest Daytona 500 finishes of all time. It was a photo finish. Well, they said it was the closest finish, which I couldn't believe that. I was thinking, man, out of all, but I know like at Talladega or Atlanta, you know, like they've had some really close finishes too. And um, I guess I couldn't believe that they, that was the closest one at Daytona or whatever, but they said it sold out 101,000 fans. I was like, wow, wow. I'm wondering, are we going to, to venture off into a beer podcast? Uh, I mean, a sports podcast rather than a beer podcast? Oh, sorry. Well, I'll get off. The, I'll get off the sports, man. <laughs> no, I'm just teasing. It's like we covered football, hockey, and NASCAR. Well, just a lot of, yeah. Let's cover lacrosse. I, what I do you don't say? know. It just, it's just uh, it's one of the things I look forward to, you know? <laughs> Nothing just, wrong with that. Just uh, like, you know, everybody's miserable existence as you slug away in the uh, slug line <laughs> wow. to Crystal City or whatever, you know? Wow, shit just got real. No, well, but, Damn, you know, s- sports makes you, uh, it gives me something to look forward to on the weekends or whatever. I don't you know? want to take that away so, from yeah, you. Don't take Away from me. Uh, I don't want to take away this beer away from you either. So let's let's jump into this beer since we're talking too much sports. I don't want you. To no, no, you're fine. Me. You're fine. I just had to pick on you. Uh, for, so from uh, Bison Brewing out of um, Ukiah, California, and I had to look that up to make sure I pronounce it correctly. It's about 100 miles north of San Fran, uh, close to the coast. It's uh, Hop Cuvee West Coast Ale. It's really an American Pale Ale. And you can get more about it by going to bisonbrew.com. That's B-I-S-O-N brew.com. So um, one of the interesting things about this is besides being an all-organic brewery or certified organic, the hop blend changes every year uh, to, and they pick what they feel is the best oh, wow. the hops of the season or whatever. So in this, so this bottle here has Simcoe, Citra, and Centennial organic hops. And we'll talk to them a little bit about that organic stuff here in a second, but uh, it pours a, a very nice golden color. Um, there's definitely um, a little haze or floaties in there. I, I, I was a little too uh, forceful in decanting my bottle. Oh, they stay uh, too. Yeah, no, it does. Just kind of hang out in there. Yeah. Man. <laughs> uh, it's got this uh, cream and uh, kind of like a fluffy off-white head with uh, some lacing. Uh, the fruity nose consists of citrus and tropical fruits along with uh like, I don't, I don't want to say bready. Like, yeah, I guess like this malty bread and a little bit of grain. 
uh, flavor similar to the nose with citrus up front, followed by some tropical fruits. Um, you get this that bready malt sweetness, uh, which is kind of on the lower side, but it's balanced by the hop flavors that are low to medium. I, I, maybe not balanced, maybe a little bit more hop forward. And, uh, you know, you get some of that pine um, from the hops, some of that bite and that bitterness uh, definitely on the back end. And, and I also pick up some yeasty flavors, which I think, you decanted yours better, so I'm wondering if you had taste any yeasty flavors as much as I taste them in mine. Um, but the I ba- do I, I not as much. Well, I don't know. I haven't tasted yours, but uh, <laughs> I do. It's good. It, that first sip though has a bite, that real piney bite. Yeah, but yeah. In, uh, after that, it's really smooths out. It's really nice. The body and mouthfeel is low to medium with medium carbonation, and I'd say the finish is uh, dry. There's lots of flavor uh, mm-hmm. for this. A lot of flavor going on. So Bison uh, Brewing, don't get this confused with Flying Bison Brewing Company, which is on the other side of the country in Buffalo, New York. Uh, Bison was founded in 1999 by owner and brewer Daniel, and I love this last name, Del Grande. 89? <laughs> yeah, 89. Uh, by owner and brewer Daniel Del Grande, or Del Grande. I like that name. I know, as I said, I love it. I was like, Del Grande. Dan mm. also calls himself the Chief Operations Officer. No. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, Dan graduated from Brewmaster School in 97. Uh, he started off, it's really weird because I was really trying to reach into the history on this. He started off as a brew pub in Berkeley, but then lost the lease in 2003. Couldn't afford to expand, is now a contract slash gypsy brewing. So I'm, I'm assuming that the Ukiah, there isn't a brewery out there. I couldn't find anything to suggest that there was a brewery actually up there physically. So, or, or actually there is probably, but he's contract brewing underneath that or he's maybe doing a alternating proprietorship or something because on the bottle it says bison brewery ukiah you know usually if you're contract brewing you'll list your name but then it'll list the name of the contract brewer too so okay so yeah i'm, I'm just really kind of confused there but it doesn't matter i mean at the end of the day you judge a brewery or an organization by its product in this case the beer Uh, uh, bison is a artesian company dedicated to brewing balanced drinkable and 100 percent organic beers um, by putting interesting twists on them like this, you know, where they change the hops out every single year or use what not don't change it out necessarily, but use what they feel is the top hop strains, organic hop strains for that year. Uh, the, again, they're USDA certified organic. Uh, bison is really green friendly. They're committed to reducing their impact on the planet through um, ecologically uh, responsible choices and sourcing everything from, uh, pr- you know, packaging to products to mm-hmm. production methods and then, of course, they use 100% non-GMO ingredients, and GMO is genetically modified organisms. So Bison was the first brewery in the world to earn a B Corp certification in 2010, and certified B Corps meet rigorous standards of social environmental performance, accountability, and transparency. So, yeah, they're definitely, uh, you know, doing trying to do the right thing and, and move forward and stuff like that. So That's awesome. One, yeah. one thing that I'd love to do but would be – hard and not right to do mm-hmm. would be a vertical comparison between the previous years. Yeah. I mean, well, it's just, well, I mean, it's just with the style of beer, the fresher it is, the better it is. So absolutely. Vertical on this just. Yeah. And no, I don't think that would work out too well. Nah. Well, I think your, your hops, you're going to get a little bit more, it would die off and it just, yeah. and the thing is that they change the hop strains too, which is interesting because usually with bottle label approval or formula approval, that's got to be a big pain in the ass mm-hmm. for them to keep, Every single year to go, well, maybe they can simply update that. I, I don't know, but I guarantee you TTB doesn't make it easy. And I'm sure as hell pretty confident USDA doesn't make it easy. So, <laughs> Well, this uh, year it's a Simcoe, Citra, and Centennial. Right. I'm wondering what previous year was. Yeah, I, I don't know. But that'd be really cool to do a vertical comparison 
based off of just the change in hop styles, just to see what yeah. the difference is. Yeah, if, if somehow you could preserve the hops. Yeah, I, I have no Maybe idea. Maybe you stick it in the that. fridge, but even in the fridge, over a year, you're going to lose some hop uh, vitality or whatever. But uh, So anyways, yeah, so Bison Brewing uh, out of uh, Ukiah, California. Uh, check them out. Um, I do want to talk about, I came across this thing, and you and I are always looking at little gizmos and gadgets hmm. and machines and uh, I don't know. It's just any single time. I, I think we're gadget uh, freaks, right? I mean, yeah, we like I, stuff, yeah, I'd say that. Know, whether it's uh, radio equipment or you know, whatever. <laughs> so I came across this thing called Physics, and this uh, I'm probably going to slaughter his last name here, but Phil Petraka, he is the beer genius and founder and CEO of Physics. And anyways, I got about a one minute snippet. I want you to hear this thing because. They talk about your head exploding. My head exploded hearing them <laughs> talk about this machine or, well, talk about how it can make beer better, I guess. So, I guess yeah, well, it says it's a scientific revolution for the modern beer drinker. Yeah, well, that's the same. I don't know what this means. I'm finding out for the yeah. first time myself. All right. Physics takes any beer that you can buy in a store in a can or bottle and it amplifies that and makes it into a draft quality pour. The proper way to pour out of a bottle is you hold the glass at 45 degree angle, you pour the beer down, and then when you're two thirds up, you would pour the beer straight down to create the head. Sometimes you put too much, sometimes you get beer flowing over the glass, but that head, it always had this unpleasant mouthfeel. What we found is the head of the beer is one of the most critical elements of the beer drinking experience. There's a, a part of your body called the trigeminal nerve, which will determine texture. If the bubbles are large in the head, your mouth is gonna feel a grainy type of texture to it, which isn't pleasant. We take sound waves and basically chop the bubbles into finer bubbles. So what might be one bubble in your beer glass will end up being 100 bubbles in our beer glass. It has this enhanced aroma, enhanced flavor taste. The sensation is smooth and creamy. It's pretty awesome. Whoa, that's <laughs> crazy cool. I know, it's like sound splitting, talking about nerves and like, I'm like, Oh my god. And me with using sound waves. There's another two minutes of, uh, I'm assuming, awesome involved with it. Yeah, well, so as you watch the rest of the video, they talk about it. Uh, I don't know if I want to go with the ass pain, though, because basically what it is, you put a can or a bottle, you open it up, and then you put the tube in there, and it pressurizes it. Like, I'm assuming you have to clean that machine, obviously, because you're running food through it or whatever. To me, it just seems like, boy, that's a lot of work uh, to do for one bottle of beer or one pour. You know what I mean? And so, I don't know. I think I'd be too lazy. Well, you're, yeah, you're not going to go be slamming back a bunch of beers or this thing. You're going to be enjoying it. Actually, I'm saying I would because I don't want to have to clean it again, you know? So, <laughs> that's what I'm trying to say. Like, no, I'm actually, uh, I'm of the other mind. <laughs> that seems, this is awesome. Yeah, so it looks like they're going to do uh, a crowdfunding. I think that maybe is a precursor to, or maybe they plan on using that video as a solicitation video for crowdfunding or whatever because they kind of talk about it a little bit at the end. Piqued um, my interest. Yeah, so I, anyways, I really thought it was really cool about the about talking about the nerves and about how different carbonation bubbles and how that translates to mouthfeel through your uh, your nerve and your sensories and, you know, how your overall experience. So I thought that was pretty cool. I, I definitely recommend checking. I'm, I actually watched it a couple of times just to make sure I understood the science behind it, what the hell they're, you know, what they're yeah. trying to spouse. So yeah, that's anyways. wild. <laughs> Physics, F-I-Z-Z-I-C-S. Yeah. Definitely watch the full video. You'll find it in the show notes here of Beer Army Engaged. And if you're on iTunes, double-click the logo. That will give you access to the show notes. And uh, however you're taking us in, thank you so much for doing so. A whole back catalog available to you of uh, past episodes. And some great stuff there at beerarmy.org. 
If you want to pledge, perfect opportunity to do so. We're in the throes of our uh, of their time for scholarship season, so definitely an opportunity to help us do good things and help people continue their education. Stick around. We do have our Heroes Never Die coming up and an awesome story Dustin has to share. So the general, really uh, doing the digging and finding some good stuff to talk about. Go AWOL with Beer Army Radio. We're online and mobile at beerarmy.org. Every soldier needs quality gear. Get yours at beerarmy.org. Hats, t-shirts, and more. Show Murphy he can't keep you down and announce to the world that you're in the Beer Army. Go to beerarmy.org. Do it. Uh, By the way, Murphy's a bitch. It's Beer Army Engaged on Beer Army Radio. You know, as uh, we noted before, we are in the throes of a pledge season in, in in a time right now where the window is slowly closing. Yeah, no. Well, you can. The window never closes as far as pledging, but for what it supports, right, the, as right. far as their scholarships, and they're kind of linked together. So we'll should have better I'll, clarified. No, that. no. Yeah, I'll clarify for you. I know you're still you're trying to get over the floaties over there, but <laughs> the so what we're talking about is pledge your support. So you know you can donate, you can pledge. What's the difference? Donation is a one time donation, whereas pledging is like a consistent like monthly type donation that's set up on a recurring basis. Right. And you know if we had to pick or choose, we'd always ask people to, to pledge smaller amounts than one time donation, only because. It helps us more sustainable throughout the year or whatever. And and so what that does is allows us to fund our scholarships, which is what we're in the middle of right now in the scholarship season, which goes from uh, 1 January to the end of March. And then we do our selection process in April, and then we announce the winners um, in May. And they start receiving um, via the schools their the, the scholarships that they receive for the, the following school year. So, yeah, so one, if you're, um, you know, somebody who's going to school, if again, go to our website beerarmy.org slash scholarships and you can see the criteria it is the most liberal application process in the world it's not going to cost you anything but your time and a stamp please 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 apply you know get take your shot absolutely and then if you're interested and you're not going to school but you're interested in being a supporter and stuff like that that's where we're asking you to please pledge your support you can get more information about that by going to beerarmy.org slash pledge so and a great thing to be a part of there's uh uh, just the, the the outreach and this is watching is this the Beer Army Foundation and the, the charity has been able to impact more and more people and just seeing these these scholarship awardees it's it's amazing yeah no it's, and to it's, know that there's a lot it's not just that there's a lot involved in the way that people are coming into the fold is just uh it's awesome it's cool I mean at the end of the day that it's what makes uh, me anyways feel fulfilled with uh, Beer Army and giving back and and honoring. Uh, people like we're getting ready to talk to about our Heroes Never Die segment. To me, it honors um, what they're about, what they do. It's not just because we featured uh, heroes from around the world. It's not just an American thing, per se, because I think the constant trait, the constant theme about heroism is is selflessness and thinking of um, others before yourself because you're putting yourself in sometimes grave danger uh, in order to rescue another person. And, um, yeah, I think that's what it, that's what it's all about, so... I agree with that. So without further ado, let's get right into this. It's the staple of a beer army engaged because in a a world of insanity and situations that can unfold in a moment's notice, you never know who's going to step in the gap. This week, Mick, it was pretty interesting as, you know, looking at what's out there to feature. Sometimes I like how, like, Heroes can kind of come back in time capsules and then give people opportunities to kind of step up and recognize them even after a fact. And what I'm talking about here is Master Sergeant Guy Woodhouse. Now, 
Master Sergeant Guy Woodhouse, he passed away in 1989. And with little fanfare, without, um, like, you know, no marching bands, no, you know. But it turns out he lived a very, very interesting, a very interesting life. And so we got a little bit of video. Um, I, want, I, want to, I want you to hear this before we talk anymore. Tucked away in her mother's suitcase in an attic were plenty of pictures of Valerie Johnston's dad. I've had these for quite a while. What there weren't, though, were his service medals from two wars. I had heard from my brothers uh, talking about he had gotten the silver star and the bronze star, but I didn't know all the other stuff. So in September, she wrote a request to Senator Joe Donnelly asking him to help her find her father's distinctions, either lost over time or even never rewarded. Guy Woodhouse received so many awards for his service to the United States that we had to build a special box to hold all of them. Nearly 70 years after his service in World War II in Korea, the family of Master Sergeant Guy Woodhouse finally received the 13 decorations and service medals this Hoosier hero had earned. A couple things I do know, but there's some things he wouldn't tell me either. Woodhouse died in 1989, taking with him the many stories that had earned him a bronze and silver star, the four injuries getting him a purple heart, and the time he'd spent as a German POW. Whoa. <laughs> right? What? You this know? guy just... Right. So it's like, it Jeez. wasn't... The thing is that it doesn't do it justice because he enlisted for World War II. He enlisted for Korea, but he also served in the National Guard twice. You know what I mean? And so it's like, oh, wow. and oh, by the way, he was a POW in Germany. Wow, man. Are you kidding me? I mean, dude, okay, let's just put it back into perspective here. If you're a POW in Germany, that means World War II. And then you went and fought, enlisted in Korea. It's mm-hmm. like, you, like wow. Talk about selflessness, right? And just talk about, just I'm just blown away. Like, holy crap. And then the other thing, too, is people that don't understand, um, I don't want to call it the politics of military. but And I'm not bashing on the Army because I think it's true for any branch of service. But when you, bronze stars, silver stars, it's like, I don't know. I, I remember reading a book. Somebody was quoting, I'm trying to remember if it was MacArthur or whatever, that basically kind of felt like bronze stars for enlisted, silver stars are for officers, kind of like. That was kind of like the mantra, I guess, or the Um, mindset. The bureaucracy of the uh, the award process of submitting a request to, Mm -hmm. to really recognize somebody. Right. At least from my experience, having been one that had submitted awards for soldiers. Right. Um, it does get political and bureaucratic, and there can be, and it's not the, the case necessarily all the time, but it can be a political thing where you get come across officers who maybe want to downgrade because it's not an right. officer. Like they have in their mind, like there's certain criteria, when yeah, really the criteria they should be following what's in the freaking awards manual, what's not made up in exactly, their head, you know? Exactly. But, it, but so again, that's what kind of like just took me back, and the only reason why that I kind of want to feature the story is because... Um, uh, ben, when I was, you know, we were recently talking about the Korean War vet uh, and Ben, and we got his alphas done, and it turns yeah. out that retroactively he earned a couple more medals because, like, the National Defense Medal didn't exist, but you go to the criteria, it says it's retro, it retroactive to anybody that served, and so he qualified. And so um, I know he's been in the hospital lately, um, just being sick and stuff like that, so he hasn't had a chance to see his alphas all framed up, but I think he's going to be wow. surprised when he sees two new medals or two more ribbons on that ribbon bar that he didn't have before or whatever. And I was really, um, I really investigated to make sure, cause you know, the biggest thing from a military member is you don't want to be putting something on that you don't rate, you know? Exactly. And, um, yeah, it's just, it's really amazing. But getting back to this story though. So Master Sergeant Guy Woodhouse, 
you know, I could end it right there and say he's the hero, obviously, even though he's passed away. But I also want to recognize Senator Joe Donnelly for doing something when somebody wrote, you know, in this case, you know, the daughter you know, wrote him and said, hey, you know, I, you know, how many politicians would have been like, oh, whatever, you know, like would have just handed that off to a staff or maybe not even really responded or said, hey, you got to talk to DOD or, you know, Department of the Army or, you know, some crap like that. No, he took it upon himself to... To, to bring it down to finality, to fruition, and then to have a box and then get the medals, you know, mounted in there. I, I thought that was a class act. I mean, that's yeah. something you didn't have to do. You know, it wasn't like that's going to get him votes or something. You know what I mean? Right. And so to me, I thought that was kind of, um, I mean, it's not heroic. Well, it is. I mean, I, I look at it like you could have easily just sat and just like, whatever. But no. And really, what's even cooler is that because of doing so, this story came to light and it helps us remember you know, so soldiers and warriors like um, Mass Sergeant Guy Woodhouse of what is what he achieved or what he did for our freedom. You know, before you and I were even born. You know, what I mean? it's well, like, and the humility to go through a life and not boast at all about. Yeah, it. right. Yeah. I mean, in a day and age where everybody wants to be a military analyst on TV, yeah, and, exactly. You know, have a book out there, <laughs> a book, how yeah. badass they were in the military. I just, I'm just blown away. I mean, he enlisted in World War II Ankaria and then served in the National Guard twice. It's like, so he obviously he probably had broken time. You know what I mean? It's just, that's the thing I think that always amazes me about those generations of how when their nation called, they stepped up. And then when it was over, they kind of melt back into civilian society. And then nation calls again. They step, you know, like, wow, you know, just wow. Just it really. I was impressed. I was impressed enough that I wanted to feature this story. So, Well, good on you for doing so, man. That's awesome. And, again, this is out of uh, Kokomo, Indiana. And, again, uh, the people we want to recognize is Mass Sergeant Guy Woodhouse and Senator Joe Donnelly. Thank you, gentlemen, for doing what you do and um, helping us not to forget. Heck, yeah. Is it wrong for me to hear Kokomo and think of the... I know. I was thinking when I just said that. <laughs> Beach Boys. Kokomo. You know, like, I just We'll want... get there fast and then we'll take it slow. But I think that's uh, what's... That's where we want to go. Correct me if I'm wrong, though. That's with C's. That's spelled with C's, whereas this one's with K's. Isn't Kokomo down in the, in the uh, Caribbean C's? I don't, I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> you don't go there all the time? <laughs> I, uh... In your yeah, mind? I can't get there fast enough. <laughs> <laughs> Anyways, now looking forward to uh, our, coming out of the break. Our next segment, Yikum to Sue. I, I always uh, I get a kick out of it, and I got some good stuff, and I know you probably do too. So, well, we can thank Charlie Sheen for something. Oh, really? Yeah. Besides Tiger's blood, and uh, it's just shocking. It just to me, it's just shocking that it's just like really. <laughs> um, well, if he's gonna get credit for something, it might as well be for this. <laughs> uh, and there's plenty of um. <laughs> There's plenty of other stuff to get to. I'm just going to say, strangers smell worse than people you know. <laughs> okay. We'll figure that out. Okay. So, <laughs> stick around. We have our Yikum to Sue coming up. Beer Army Engaged on Beer Army Radio. On the battlefield of beer, an informed soldier is a good soldier. Learn more about the Beer Army Foundation. Go to beerarmy.org. Get informed about beer, upcoming events, festivals, and community outreach that the Beer Army provides and supports. The revolution starts with you at BeerArmy.org. Beer Army Engaged. We do have a, a lot to get to here with our Yikum to Sue. It's uh, 
<laughs> it's a plethora of insanity today. It, it always is. It's always a little bit nuts. Uh, I do want to remind everybody, though, come out and visit us uh, at the Cape Fear Beer Fest on 5 March. We'll have the silent auction booth. Boosh? Boosh? Yeah, go silent, silent auction booth. Uh, I'm also pleased to announce that House Mouse Scott will also be attending the, um, oh. I, I guess, the Atlanta Cops Conference. He can't or something. Uh-oh. He's not going to that. So he will be down there in tow. And, and then, of course, uh, if you want swag, 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 go to beerarmy.org. Go to the little shop button. Click on it. And you can buy some stuff online. So Socks. Please do. Yeah, socks, socks. are up. Uh, I'm wearing mine today, buddy. We got, we did. I got mine on, too. We also got the uh, the tap handles, the dog tag tap handles that people want we finally got those up there too oh, i guess sweet. we were behind the power curve for some reason because uh, <laughs> we had them at the silent auction and people are like we're gonna get those you know and so we finally put them up there too so heck yeah but, good stuff uh, yeah uh, uh there's some there's some stuff uh, a lot of stuff to get to here with yakim to sue yes, man so let's uh, get right into it because in this <laughs> in this world of stupidity there's just some shit you can't make up so Mick, the I know we talked about Peyton Manning. He hasn't retired yet, but we did get somebody that. Are you wanting him to? No, I don't know. I I'm curious to see what he's going to do. We'll yeah, I'm just kind of curious. How I much mean, you need to invest in Papa see, Johns? I did see Brett Favre said that uh, he hopes that he does. I you know I don't know. He kind of went off and bloviated a little bit, but I was just like whatever, you know. <laughs> in his Wranglers. I just think it's interesting to see what Denver's going to do. I guess that's what I want to see is what is Denver going to do if he. Well, does Elway it. always has a plan. Right. Exactly. He's not an idiot. But there's you know? some uh, there's so. some players that are with a salary cap. They're going to yeah. have to do some finagling. It'll be interesting to see how it all plays out. Yeah, well. But what I'm talking about is Panthers defensive end, our very own Carolina Panthers, Jared Allen. He did announce his retirement uh, via video. And that video I wanted to share with you because I thought it was pretty <laughs> unique. <laughs> so give us a listen. Well, everyone, I just want to say thank you for an amazing 12-year career. Um, this was the part where I was going to ride off into the sunset. But seeing how there's no sunset, I'm just going to ride off. <laughs> nice. And so to kind of play this out, so he wanted to announce it. So, you know, he was the NFL's active sacks leader at 136, and he posted this video of himself wearing a black cowboy hat, heavy coat, and a riding a horse off in the sunset, even though there was none. So I guess he was trying to plan it out, but... It was an overcast <laughs> dust. It was overcast, right, exactly. So he's just like, well... I guess I'll just ride on off, man. And there you go. You see him ride on off, and it's pretty good. And uh, I just couldn't see his mullet. I was upset about that. <laughs> he had one of the most glorious mullets in the NFL. Obviously, we all know that Jared Allen played in Super Bowl 50 against the Denver Broncos, where uh-huh. the Panthers did lose. But uh-huh. I do want to throw out, he did play with a broken right foot that he suffered in a divisional playoff win against Seattle. That was just a and, beast. Um, and so Coach Ron Rivera did hint after the 24-10 loss to the Broncos uh, that he may have played his last game. But... Uh, yeah, I appreciate uh, him waiting, I guess, and all that fanfare and then yeah. kind of making it um, an independent announcement instead of, like, I don't know, kind of like the way if El- uh, Elway, <laughs> if Peyton Manning is going to retire, how he's kind of – he didn't want to talk about that in the middle of there. You know, that was a team thing. He'll probably he, do it during a Papa John's commercial. <laughs> Papa John's. <laughs> hey, I can now freaking – yeah, so – so uh, I think he would have stayed another year this in Carolina. This is how I end careers. <laughs> I do think he would have stayed another year in Carolina, but at $8 million, um, he wouldn't have gotten that with the salary cap. And like we were talking about, Denver's got some interesting choices to make themselves. Because, well, that's the craziest you know. thing is you have players like Jared Allen who, with as prevalent and as consistent with they they were through their career, and then you hear $8 million salary. Yeah. And then you hear these other players that make these ungodly amounts. It's it's crazy. Yeah. It, it's it's amazing that they're well they were legacy and and uh, you know loyal players. So 
good on him. Yeah. No. Well, I'll tell you what. Maybe he was Jared Allen was just riding away from a stranger. A stranger? Yeah, because strangers smell worse than people you know. Apparently, it's amazing. <laughs> studies uh, are conducted like this. How smelly we find someone may depend on whether or not we consider them to be people like us. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Scientists have taken the time to figure this out, doing tests on students that found that uh, used T-shirts with their own university logo on it smelled less offensive than that of a rival university <laughs> of a plain design. <laughs> wow. Okay. <laughs> There's no, uh, there's no yeah. subliminal solid scientific theory going into this one. Please tell me we didn't spend federal dollars or you know funded some grant. Just go ahead and assume. Oh gosh! I mean, Ridiculous. good lord. Ah, uh, so I, yeah, strangers smell worse than people you know. I'm gonna judge you because I don't know you. So I'm gonna say you smell based upon a rivalry shirt. Yeah, apparently. <laughs> good lord. Oh, well, one other quick thing, uh, and I wanted to get this this here out of the way was a Charlie Sheen you know oh, he gets geez. bashed he did the whole HIV positive thing went mm-hmm. to Mexico had that crazy doctor treat him went on Dr. Phil pretty much just a, a, a train wreck for the past six yeah, eight months right he's been interesting it's kind of like this uh, political election cycle yeah <laughs> so maybe Charlie he should Sheen. get in the running now that Jeb <laughs> yeah. Bush has dropped out Jeb uh, Bush making way for the Sheen effect oh my gosh. which apparently is an actual term the Charlie Sheen effect uh, because they're they're giving him credit for a spike in HIV awareness. <laughs> okay, <That's laughs> way to go, Charlie! And that's called you the, finally accomplished something. And that's called the Charlie Sheen effect. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, because apparently, three weeks after he announced his HIV status on the seventeenth of November, there were more HIV-related Google searches in the U.S. than that of any other time since two thousand four. So that technically makes his announcement the most significant domestic HIV prevention event in the last decade. Okay, that's exactly what we need to do is feed that guy's ego anymore. Well, I relegated to what is that smell? I don't know, Charlie Sheen, but that is just pungent and horrible. (laughs) He stinks of HIV. Wow. Well, stinks of HIV. If HIV had a scent, it'd be be the Sheen effect? The Charlie Sheen effect? (laughs) I don't know, man. Pretty much. Good Lord. Anyways, the uh, I want to talk about something. I know it's been out there a little bit, um, and I want to talk about 30-year-old Chris Marquez. And if you don't know who the hell Chris Marquez is, then the only reason I know, probably more so than any, because as a Marine and knowing about the Battle of Fallujah and having the opportunity to meet, um, well, he's a Sergeant Major now, but uh, when I met him, it was a First Sergeant uh, Brad Castle. Mm. And he, they were coming out of uh, during the Battle of Fallujah. This was 16 November 2014, what they was dubbed the Hell House. And yeah, that's that iconic photo. Yeah, and then so Brad Castle has his arm wrapped around the neck of uh, Chris Marquez. He had his pistol still, and he was bleeding. You know, it was just crazy. And on the other side was uh, uh, Dane Schaefer on the other side trying to hold him up. And uh, the cool thing is that in uh, Pendleton, they made a sculpture called uh, No Man Left Behind. It's of those three coming out of the doorway or whatever. Wow. But unfortunately, I'm sorry to report that 30-year-old Chris Marquez was attacked at a McDonald's in D.C. of all freaking places. So uh, give us a listen, man. The video of what went down moments before a decorated Marine was viciously assaulted in downtown D.C. You see a group of suspects enter McDonald's. Chris Marquez says they taunted him, asking him if black lives matter. You see Marquez exit, then a suspect follow him out, strike him, and knock him to the ground. While unconscious, he is hit again. Then another suspect kicks him. 
while a third robs Marquez. He is at the VA hospital where we sent him this video. He says it left him angry, frustrated, and disgusted. Earlier, he spoke to us about the violence on D.C. streets. It seems like it's turning into an epidemic in some areas, especially on the train station, on the metros. You're hearing stories about people being attacked by, by mobs, by, by like groups of people. Jeez. Yeah, just... You know, we're talking about he's an Iraq and Afghanistan war vet. And he received a bronze star for his heroism. It's 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 appalling because <laughs> the the thing that I don't understand is obviously if you watch the video, you'll see that it's it's black. Um, youth, I'm sorry, guess, but it's just blatant racism. Yeah, but the thing is, guys just wanting diversity and equality, and it's just like you can't. You well, know, the thing, I'm that, sorry, the thing that's, that's kind of ironic ignorance. is that if you do a little, you know, if you want to look into the background of what Marquez, <laughs> what and what, you know, ethnicity that name comes from, it's Hispanic. You know what I mean? And so, yeah, it's not like I, I don't I just don't get it. Like, I, I don't know. I, I just don't get it. And I, I don't think what really kind of pisses me off is I haven't heard anybody from the Black Lives Matter uh, movement or organization coming out and um you know, basically, you won't. Well, it's. I think that's it's unfortunate. I'm sorry, yeah. but that whole organization and movement is based off of a, a faulty foundation. You know, uh, guised as one wanting diversity and acceptance and equality, but it does nothing more than create division based off of classism and and race. That's what it does. I'm, but that, there's no other way to look at it. You, if you're a part of that and that's what you want, you are obviously attacking another race. Yeah. No, well, regardless of what the race is, you know, you're attacking another human matter. being. And so, you know, besides the fact that him being a war hero um, and this is happening to him, uh, it's just the fact that the way he, they said that they they were trying to goad him in. He said that he could tell. And so he just kind of keep his head down, just try to like deflect his, mm-hmm. and, and then he tried to get the hell out of there. You know, finishes the meal, get out of there, and they, I'm, yeah, I mean, I guess he didn't see it coming. I guess. Well, how so. can you when a coward hits you from behind? Yeah, no, I'm with you. It, it really, the video pisses me off. I mean, the video just pisses me off because he's knocked out, and then somebody else hits him, and then somebody kicks him, and then they rob him. And it's just like, uh, I knew, I do know they put a, a GoFundMe campaign to replace the four hundred dollars or whatever he's had, um, and the people that are pledging, you know, their support or whatever. So if you're interested, go go check that out. But uh, I am also happy so that the Washington D.C. Uh, police, the Metropolitan uh, Police, is put out the video. You know, they're trying to get you know the identities of these suspects and, and and bring it to justice. So well, I hope they do. I hope they do. And look, I'm all for a a society which we embrace our humanity and we take care of our, our our fellow man. And you know this as well as I do. You spend time in the military and race goes out the window. Yeah. <laughs> when you deploy to some of the shittiest parts of the world and you rely on the person to your left and right to survive, you're not looking at their race. You're not looking at their background and where they came from, if they came from privilege or adversity. No, you're looking at them because you can rely on them because you've been through the suck together. Yeah, you all bleed you know, red, man. That's the thing. <laughs> You're all bleeding red. And when you have organizations like this that do nothing more than than encourage division and dissent, not in a good way. Yeah. I mean, it is absolutely detriment to our own society that does nothing more than drive wedges and create animosity and anger. I agree. I think it totally proliferates it. Freaking, I think uh, it's the opposite of what, God, what the pissed. intent is. So. I'm gonna punch a wall. You want to throw a punch? <laughs> no, it's just so 
oh God. It's like they want to get you riled up just so they can have an excuse to point at you and blame you for it as being a problem. <laughs> it's like, I'm going to make you mad, but your anger is what's the problem. He uh, he did get enough blows to the head. I mean, there, there was another interview that I watched him where he was he was very he was trying to piece together, you know, the the night and the video really helped him fill in the blanks because he thought he actually got attacked inside the McDonald's. But you know, that's how much I mean, head trauma. I mean, you know, yeah. it only takes one one hit, man. You don't know how it's going to react to your head, you know. So. Well, I'm I'm glad he's he's okay. Yeah, no, it's he, just and he's out there speaking. He's doing the circuit, and I hope he does because. It'd be nice to see somebody um, be kind of like a a leader, or a, you know, to kind of counter against this, you know, uh, BLM type crap. Um, yeah. Because the the key is all lives matter. You know, that's the point. Well, they do, and people just don't realize that are that are jumping onto this. They don't realize that it there's a level of manipulation going into this. I think so. There truly is. Yeah. Um. So, wow. Wow, I'm yeah. heated, bro. <laughs> well, you can have some more uh, more beer there to your hop. Yeah, this bison brewing, yeah. <laughs> hop uh, cuvee is, is really delicious. I like it. Yeah. It's good stuff. Get it while you can. No, get it, yeah. And see what they get for the, uh, the following year or what other hops. I'm definitely going to be looking it out each time to see you know how it changes because I'm interested now so yeah and uh, definitely check out more information about Bison Brewing there at uh, beerarmy.org you can find it in the show notes here of uh, this episode of Beer Army Engaged and check out the back catalog a lot of good stuff there and don't forget pledge 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 be part of the Beer Army Foundation help us do good things every bit of information on everything we've talked about you can find online beerarmy.org in the meantime rounds out Beer Army Radio